name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. From Isaiah, the voice of the Lord, one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight the paths of our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. You that bring glad tidings to Zion, go up on the high mountain. Lift up your voice with strength. You that bring glad tidings to Jerusalem, lift it up. Fear not, says the city of Judah. Behold your God. This is John the Baptist. Crying, one crying in the wilderness. You know, it's very interesting that this, this kind of convergence of this event uh, through uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, uh, her barrenness and his muteness, and then all of a sudden this child is born and not named Zacharias and named John, and everybody's wondering, what is going, what's this child going to be? He's going to be the one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. You know, the story doesn't end there because, you know, Herod then went after him when he heard about John, as he did when he heard about the birth of Christ. He went after John and, uh, and tried to kill all the infants and tried to kill John. Elizabeth went into the desert to save John from, from death and uh, lived in a cave, and then she died. So guess who took care of John? The angels, <laughs> raised by angels. And 30 years later, he walks out of the desert. Can you imagine the people's wonder? For 30 years, you're thinking he's dead. This one, this wonder, this one that would be crying in the wilderness, who is he? The Lord says he's the greatest born among women. So we have this beautiful time today to celebrate St. John. Uh, and it's, it, it's interesting in many, many ways because the beauty of John is that he kind of sat to the side. He only lived for maybe three years in terms of the significance of his ministry like Christ himself. But his impact was powerful because he was the one that prepared the way of the Lord. And in every iconostas, in every Orthodox church in the world, guess where he sits? Next to his Lord. Next to him. Always, everywhere. So it's very beautiful. So our prayers, please, St. John, pray for us. So today, a couple of observations. One is John's relationship to Christ his, uh, as a relative. Uh, Anna, John, uh, the, Mary, the mother of God's mother, Anna, and Zoya, Elizabeth's mother, were sisters. Okay, they're sisters. So Elizabeth and Mary are cousins. So John and Jesus are second cousins. Second cousins. So relatives, family. We are brought into this family of God by our baptism, so we're family. We are family. 
I don't want, I don't want to sing it, but because uh, I know you'll get up and start doing some kind of crazy dance. It's one of them favorite dances at a wedding, right? We are family. I love that song, by the way. Uh, so, family. What about family? Why? How do we relate as a family? You know, uh, we were up at a funeral of a good friend of mine and ours, many of ours, Pat Wallace, passed away uh, and uh, was buried up at the monastery of St. John the Baptist <laughs> uh, in Goldendale, Washington. Um, and Pat's life was focused on family, on other people. You know, he gave a homily one time, and I shared this last week, that uh, before we were Orthodox, he was one of our elders, and he gave a homily and said, you know, the Lord said it, it was beautiful, it's, one, it's wonderful if we die for a friend, die for another. But Pat's homily was, well, well, no, we need to live for each other. We need to live for a friend. And that was Pat's life, to live for the other. And so we're called this way, beloved. You know, the Lord says, and we were studying this in the Bible study on Saturday, uh, the Lord washes the feet of the disciples. And the, and the disciples say, you can't wash our feet. He says, unless I wash your feet, you have no part of me. Because you need to understand that it's about being a servant. Being a Christian is about being a servant. Serving one another. The servant is, is and we have to understand that this is our life, beloved. Our life is to serve each other. You know, we have to pass this place in our growth as a person, as a Christian, that it's not about me. You know, it was beautiful, another beautiful thing. Uh, Jan's mom, Phyllis, she had joy written on her uh, uh, refrigerator, joy. Jesus, others, and you, in that order, joy. How do you find joy? Jesus, others, and you. So what place are you in? Third place. Last one versus last place. <laughs> Jesus, the Lord, we need to be in Christ, serve each other, and then we will be fulfilled. It's not like we're just disregarding ourselves. Our fulfillment is not in finding fulfillment in ourselves. Our fulfillment is find our fulfillment is found in finding fulfillment in Christ and in serving other people. So, beloved, my encouragement to you is: this is life. This is part of who we are as a Christian family to serve each other, to look around and see what the needs are, and to be able to step into them with joy and understand that this is how we will be fulfilled as Christian people. How we will actually find out who we really are by relating to Christ and serving others. So, important, I think, that we see that. Um, and then another observation is this, this beautiful uh, comment of, uh, about St. John, the voice crying in the wilderness. The voice crying in the wilderness. You know, there's a wilderness out there even today. There's always been a wilderness out there, and there's a voice crying in it. What was the first words of St. John in that cry in the wilderness? 
Repent. 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 I, I, we need to understand what a gift repentance is. You know, guilt is one of the things that just ruins our Christian life. It paralyzes us. It keeps us away from God. It draws us away from making any effort to practice the virtues. Guilt is an enemy of the Christian person. We need, and how do we get rid of guilt? I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Repent. That's how we get rid of it. God gave us the gift to get rid of the guilt, to repent. You know who sings when you repent? You know who sings? The angels. God is blessed in your repentance. This is such a gift for us to repent, to get rid of the guilt, to be given peace again, to be given strength, to be given forgiveness, to be given healing. These are the things that we receive in repentance. We need to take advantage of that. We don't, this, I know you'll answer this correctly. You confess enough. No. I don't, but we don't. We should confess every day, really, in a sense. We don't confess enough. I'm encouraging you to confess more, to come to confession, to prepare those things that are most bothering you and confess them because the priest says you're forgiven by God and depart in peace. Leave the guilt there. Get rid of it. It's such an important sacrament in the church. We do not take advantage of it. I don't take advantage of it like I should, and I know you don't take advantage like you should. But do it. It's, it's what frees us from this, 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 this weight that keeps us from trying to live the Christian life. It, it para guilt paralyzes the Christian. And it, it points at that darkness in us that we can't get rid of unless we repent. So my encouragement to you is, is, is do this. Repent. Repent. Take those words from St. John. And then the other voice, I think, that's crying in the wilderness is um, for purity. You know, we, we, we look at life, if we look at life from minimum, what's the least I need to do to be saved? That's not the gospel. The gospel is the high bar. The gospel is the high bar. You know, uh, I was reading something from C.S. Lewis, and he was saying this, and I'll kind of uh, paraphrase it a bit, but he's saying that uh, our bodily appetites have preposterous privilege. Right? Do our bodily appetites have preposterous privilege? Our food, right? What we eat, our sleep, our, uh, our, what we listen to, what we look at, uh, our sexual appetites, all these things have preposterous privilege. And it's interesting because in the, in the, in the epistle text, St. Paul says, make no provision for the flesh. <laughs> Put on the armor of God, live in Christ. You know, 
there's the gospel we can live the gospel teaches us to live uh, in the spirit of uh, self-sacrificing love that's the gospel what the world teaches us to live according to pleasure what makes me happy what gives me pleasure the Lord says don't make provision for that that's not the where we should be looking we should be looking at the self-sacrificing love of God. How do we live there? How do we live in that place? Making no provision for the flesh, not giving our bodily appetites preposterous privilege. No more ice cream. Just kidding. But these are the things that we, so we, we just, we kind of dumb it down to where we're living in, in the lower level, when God is saying, no, live the high level. The voice of the wilderness is crying, live up here. This is where, this is where fulfillment is in Christ. So my encouragement to you is to live up in the highway. Calm down the flesh. Make no provision for it. You know, live in Christ. It's interesting, I was talking to somebody yesterday, uh, and we're talking about fasting and, and uh, how wonderful it always feels toward the end of Lent. I'm praying. I'm coming to church. I'm fasting. I'm denying my flesh. Gosh, life is good. Why don't I live this way all the time? Good question. That's, that's how we should be living, right? It's like, boy, Lent is so good for me. And then we go on this spree for so many months and we come back to it and say, oh, this is so good. You know, denying thy flesh is actually a good thing. So I'm just encouraging you to, to hear this voice of St. John. You know, don't make provision for the flesh, but follow Christ. It's important to us. So for us, beloved, let us live as a family and care for each other. Let's live a life of repentance so that we can find peace with God, and let us live in purity that we may live on that high bar being fulfilled in Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, through the prayers of St. John, Lord Jesus Christ our God, have mercy on us and save us. Amen.